Okay, we are on the top of <coughs> Mem Gimel Ahmed Aleph. And the Gemara had mentioned, the Mishnah had mentioned, that when everyone is reclining together, so reclining together means that they have a kfiyas, they're all in one setting, so one person can make the bracha for everybody. But if they're just sitting together, then everyone is supposed to make their own bracha. So the Gemara says, This rule that you have to recline is only when you're eating bread. But if you're eating wine, it doesn't require haseba. Even if everyone's just sitting together and not reclining, one person can recite the bracha. The rationale for Rav is that pas usually is a very big kfiyas because that's a meal. So unless people are showing that they're doing it uh, together, then we don't view them as being together. But yain in general is more casual. So even if people aren't reclining together, we're still, we're still able to view it as if they're doing it together, even though they're not being so formal. Even wine, you have to recline. Even wine, which is a little bit more informal to begin with, unless people are all reclining together, then one person cannot be mozi others. Ika to Amri, there are people who say it differently. Amar Rav, Loshan Alapasim, Hanu but just the opposite. It only works for bread. Only by bread, when people are doing Aseba together, do we say one person can be mozi others. But by wine, Haseba doesn't even help. In other words, that thing is only something like bread, which is formal to begin with. Then when people show the formality of all doing it together, one person can be mozi others. But by wine, where it's not so formal to begin with, it's just more of a casual thing. Even if people happen to be circumstantially that they're all reclining together and drinking wine, we do not say that one person can be mozi and someone else, and everyone is required to make their own bracha. Even for wine, you're able to recline. Even for wine, uh, reclining will work. And in a situation where people are reclining, then one person can be mozi, uh, can be mozi others. So the Gemara says, uh, we ask a question. But what's the right way for when you're having a, a meal that people are going to be eating? How does it work? Come in all the guests. They come, they sit in benches, on chairs, until everyone, they wait for everybody to start. It's the right thing. Everybody um, should wait for, the meal shouldn't start until everybody comes. And it sounds like they would be in some sort of like lobby, not going into the main room where the, where the meal will be until everybody comes. While they're waiting for other people to come, and they bring water. Again, this isn't like Allah, you have to do this, but it's saying this is what usually would happen. They bring water before them. Every person would wash one hand. Now, it's a machlokas, uh, what exactly the purpose of this washing is. Some people say it's like an atila sedayim, uh, and that a person should wash their hand. The hand that they're going to use to drink the cup of wine should be used. However, other people understand that it was just straight up hygiene. It was just, you know, to be, make sure their hand was clean before they would drink wine. Uh, and then they would drink some wine. In this setting, everyone has to make the bracha for themselves. Which makes sense, because in this setting, uh, no, no, one person can't be mozi, everybody. They're not, they're not, they don't have the formality of everybody reclining together. Then everybody goes into the main room where they start reclining. And water is brought before them. Even though each person had already washed one hand, now he has to wash both of his hands again. Either if it was only until time in one hand, you need to do times in both. And if the first one was just hygiene, then definitely you need to do... Um, you definitely need to wash both hands. Let's say wine was brought before them. Even though everyone had already made a bracha for themselves on the wine that they drank before the meal started, now everybody can make the bracha now for all of them at this point. So it sounds like they're making another bracha on the wine, but now when they're actually in the formal setting, one person can make the bracha of wine um, for, for all of them at this point. So first of all, before we even get to anything, why are they making another bracha on the wine? I mean, if everybody made their own bracha on the wine, 
outside of the room. So then why is it that suddenly we're getting inside the room? They, they need to make another bracha at all. Forget about the fact of whether everyone's making themselves or one person is being mozi. Why is a new bracha required? So Tosas explains that the reason why a new bracha is required is because they've, they've switched the place where they were. There's a din of shinu makam. Whenever you switch the place where you are, it warrants a new bracha. So since now they're going into a different place, they need to make a, uh, a, a different bracha in the new setting. But at any rate, what is the b'risa saying? That, that when they're in the new setting and now they're at Sebu, now one person, now one person is able to make the bracha for everybody. So now the Gemara says, how does that impact our machlokas Rav and Rabbi Yochanan? According to the aversion that when you're drinking wine, you don't need reclining. And even when you're drinking, when, even when you're not reclining, one bracha, one person can say the bracha for all of them. Kasharesha, the first part of the bracha is difficult because the first part of the bracha says that when you're serving wine outside of the mean in place, that one person can write, that, that each person has to say a bracha for themselves. Why can't one person be mozi them? Because they're not reclining. But I thought Rav said that by wine, you don't need that. And even if people aren't reclining, you're still able to have one person be mozi others. So the Gemara answers, Shani Archin, did I tie you It's different because since people are just there and they know they're going to leave the room shortly and they're just there so transient, then one person can't be mozi someone else. Even according to this lenient opinion that when you're dealing with wine, one person can be mozi others, even though there's no aseva, that's only if there's some sense of kvias, like they're in that place. But we're here, they're literally just there and then they know they're going to the next room, so there's no kvias at all whatsoever. So where there's no kvias at all whatsoever, then everybody agrees everyone should make their own bracha, right? Rav only said it works, whereas like they're sitting in a place and they're 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 here to they're here to stay. Just it happens to be they're here to stay. Just it happens to be that they're not reclining. There, Rav said it works for wine, but if they're they're not here to stay at all, they know they're just going into the next room in a few minutes. Then that does not work, um, and everyone and everyone requires their own bracha. And then the other according to the second version, that the opposite, that wine only, by wine you always need to make your, your own bracha. Even when everyone's reclining, because wine doesn't have that same formality, then you always need your own bracha. So then the seifa is difficult, because the seifa says that when they go into the meal and they're all reclining together, then they're all reclining together and one person makes the bracha for all of them. How could one person make the bracha for all of them? It's wine. I thought by wine you can never make the bracha for all of them. So the Gemara answer is shiny hasam. It's different. Once they're reclining anyway for the bread. And the Haseba, because of the bread, allows one person to be to make one bracha for bread. So then the Kvias continues in regard to the wine and one person can make the bracha and be moti everyone else with yain. When do we say that Haseba does not affect it for wine and that everyone has to make their own bracha? That's all true. Who? That's all true. Only if... Only if there's, um, that's all they're sitting down to. All they're sitting down to is wine. But here, where they're sitting down to more than wine, they're sitting down to bread. So then the kvias continues. The kvias continues and uh, it's able, one person can be mozi them for wine as well. So the takeaway from the Gemara is, the bottom line is, is that we know that in regard to bread, we know that in regard to bread, the halacha is that when they lean together, one person can be mochi everybody. When they don't lean together, everybody ever has to make their own bracha. That's clear. That's the Mishnah. What's the halacha by wine? 
Pretty much any opinion you'll say, anything you'll say, there's somebody who holds like you. One opinion says, by one, you don't need by for one person to be multi, somebody else. One opinion says the exact opposite. By one, it cannot help at all. And all the time, a person has to make their own bracha. And one opinion is that the same thing. By one, it depends whether or not you're leading or reclining. The halacha, it's the same exact thing. We paskin that you need to do a for wine, but that haseba does help for wine. And again, as we spoke about yesterday, the way that that comes to, into our terms and our times, we don't do haseba. So in other times that we don't do essay, but what is the halacha? So it depends whether we're sitting together. As long as people are sitting together, that, that, that makes that one is able to, um, that one person can be mozi somebody else. But if we're not sitting together, people are just milling around, standing up, then one person can't be mozi somebody else in a birkas hanan. Okay, continues the Gemara with the line in the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, that if wine was brought to them during the meal, then in the middle of the meal itself, one person uh, should not be motzi somebody else. So the Gemara says, why is that? Why do we say that during the meal itself, if the wine comes, that everyone makes their own bracha, and only after, like a drinking session at the end of the meal, that one person makes the bracha for everybody. Why is that? So, because the throat is not, uh, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not empty. In other words, people are busy eating. So if people are busy eating, they can't concentrate well on the bracha. So if one person would try to be motzi others in the middle of the meal, people wouldn't be concentrating on the bracha, so that wouldn't work. So therefore, what we say, what we say is that, um, what we say rather is that everyone should make their own bracha during the meal. That is the reason for that. By the way, Tosis mentions that's the concept of saying like savrim or anan, which means that everyone should pay attention. That's where the concept comes from. We see here that Chazal are struggling in general with making sure everybody's listening. And to the extent that we say that, uh, to the extent that during the middle of the meal, no one should be motzi somebody else. Even when it's not in the middle of the meal, we always try to call everyone's attention together, savrim or anan, and savrim or anan to make sure everybody's listening. Okay, then the final end of the Mishnah, what did we say? That who Omer Allah Mugmar, that the person who was, who was, who was honored to, to, to say the Barapir Governor on everyone's behalf at the drinking session at the end of the meal, he's also honored to, uh, to make the bracha on the Mugmar, on the incense that's brought out for everybody to smell, he'll make a bracha and be motzi everybody. So, the Mishnah is saying like a novelty, that he should be the one to do it. Meaning, you may have thought somebody else should do it, maybe someone who is a bigger Talmud Chacham, somebody older, and you would honor him. And the Mishnah is saying, no, once you started honoring somebody with the Bari Paragraph, and then he does the next thing as well. You, the honor continues, and he also um, says the bracha over Mugmar. So, let's just say, hypothetically, whatever reason, we honored Ruvain to read the Bari Paragraph. Ruvain was the Bari Paragraph, he was not as big of a person. But then we think about, hey, who should make the bracha on the mugbar and there's somebody bigger who's there. We don't say, no, switch it now to the bigger person. We say, once the smaller person started and he, the bari paragraph, and he should continue the kibudim and say the mugbar as well. So the Gemara says, Messiah, the Rav, the supports what Rav said, the one who washes his hands first at the end of the meal, he should the one who burkas a Muslim. So meaning whoever is mechubad to wash their hands first with mayim achronim, that's like a kibud to go first, he's the one who should lead the vengeance. So that would mean, again, the same thing. Thing. That if let's say a lower person was already honored by by by, by washing his hands first from my macronim, then he should follow through and be the one to lead the benching. Even though there's somebody bigger who could technically now lead the benching, we give it to the one who has already been gotten the keyboard of washing his hands first.
Says the Gemara, uh, right? and so by the way, from this Gemara, like you see, if you want to be machabed somebody with benching, you shouldn't be machabed them to wash their hands first. However, it does mention that if there's going to be too many people, it's going to take too long, then you don't do that. But if there's not going to be too many people, then the person who's going to lead the benching is the one who is honored to wash their hands first. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Rabbi Chiyava Yasri Kami, the Rabbi was who does. Rabbi Nachir was sitting at a meal in front of Rabbi. Amalei Rabbi Lerav. At the end of the meal, Rabbi says to Rav, go wash your hands. So the reason he thought that was why, because he was giving him a keyboard, go wash your hands, and then he was going to lead the Berkas Amazon. saw the Rav was like very nervous that Rebbe told him to go wash his hands. He probably thought like, oh my gosh, like my hands must be so dirty. He's telling me it's like grossing him out and telling me to go wash my hands. Rebchia said, no, Barpaxi, you're a son of very clash of a people. I'm Berkas Mazonakamar. He's telling you to, to review the Berkas Amazon in your head mentally because you're going to be the one who's going to say Berkas Amazon and be Moti, everybody. And that's why you're getting the honor right now of washing your hands first. So now the Gemara turns the discussion to brachos and smells. At what point does a person make a bracha on smelling incense? So when is that? We mentioned in the Mishnah that there would be a bracha after the meal when they smell the incense and uh, one person would be mozi. So what's the right time to make the bracha on the smell? It's only after the smoke rises. Meaning it should be right as the Hanoah is happening. So it shouldn't be too much before. If you, let's say, burn it and you know, the strong smell isn't yet reaching, you shouldn't do it. It should only make sure after the whole column of smoke is rising. But you didn't yet smell it. Meaning, maybe it should be even, maybe it should be even later. And, and, and maybe you should have to wait until you've already like taken in the smell before you make the bracha. So according to what you're saying, we know you make When do you do it? Before you put the bread in your mouth. You didn't eat it. How do you make the bracha? It's because of what you're planning on doing. It doesn't, and even though you didn't eat it, you can still say So to hear, the bracha is said before the smell um, and prior to the actual smelling. So it's just a very funny chakra tire. So just to mention some depth about what the... So just to give some depth to the chakra tire, it's very important that before you have a bracha, there's something that's like clear that the hana is about to happen. So like a food you're about to, you hold it in your hand before you do it. But with smell, it's completely intangible. It's completely not there until you have it. So how before you make the bracha, is there any way for you to relate that the hana is about to happen? So to that, the Gemara explains that the fact that you're planning on doing it is enough to, uh, to be able to make a bracha at this point. So the Gemara continues. All incenses we say, Now what's the chedesh? is made whenever you're smelling um, a, a smell that comes from a wood, from a tree. But why is that such a chedesh? Because that's all good if I'm smelling the tree itself. Like let's say somebody's smelling some hadasim. You're smelling the stalk, you're smelling the wood, very good. You're smelling it in that form. But when you have incense, then incense in that form, the wood's really being burned. You're smelling the smoke, you're not smelling the wood itself. So could you make the bracha, says the Gemara? Yes, you still make Except for the, the our scroll says it means musk. I looked up the word, very hard. It seems that it's not at all coming from a, a, a wood. But it actually comes from a chaya. It comes from a wild animal. Because it comes from an animal, it actually comes from the dung of an animal, Rashi says. And therefore, it's not a atzei b'samim. It's nothing to do with a tree at all. And therefore, the smell um, is not, the brach on the smell is not bare atzei b'samim, but rather bare minei b'samim. But the bottom line is, one thing that the Gemara is saying is that incense, the bracha is bare atzei b'samim. Because it comes, since it comes through wood, it's still, the bra- even though it's not in the form of the wood itself, the bracha is bare atzei b'samim. So the Gemara asks a question from Rabbi, you only make warasi b'samim on the woods in Rabbi's house. They had the actual wood, or the wood in 
the Caesar's house, or any hadasim branches. So you only see it on the wood itself, but you don't say it on any of the incense. So the Gemara says, it's a rejection. We see from here, Taka, it seems to be that an incense you do not say, since you don't have the wood, you only say, when it is the form of the wood that is there itself. If it's not the form of the wood that is there itself, then you don't say, Says the Gemara, What about oil, balsam oil? My what is the bracha on this oil? There's a special bracha. Borishim and Artina. Hashem created the oil of our land. Evidently, this oil is so special, it gets a special bracha. It's something that's exclusive, the oil from the balsam oil that's exclusive to Eretz Yisrael, such a special oil. So we make a bracha. Nah, Rav Yudha can't participate in this conversation. He just loves Eretz Yisrael too much. He's too biased. What bracha does everyone else make? Thank you, Hashem, for making the sweet oils. Says the Gemara. We have the Gemara. So Kisharta, Rashi says, is the same thing as Kosh. Kosh is from mentioned in the Ketores. It's one of the spices of Ketores. It comes from wood. But if it's on the oil that the, the Kosh is put into, then you don't recite the Bracha because the wood is not intact. Again, the Israelis, you only say it when, making, when you're smelling the wood itself. Here that it's in oil, so it's not considered the wood to be intact, so you don't say says, No, even when it's soaked into oil, you still make the Bracha where it's ground into oil, then you don't say because the wood is not in its original form. Now, even if it's ground into the oil, still the halacha is that you may, you say because the, evidently the bottom line is the wood is still there. So the only time when we say that if the wood is completely gone, like if it's incense or something like that, that's where the halacha is that you don't say but whenever the wood is there, even if it's ground into something, then in fact the halacha would be that you say Continues the Gemara, Amarav Gidol Amarav, Hai Simlak. So Simlak Rashi describes as Yasmin, so Jasmine. So I don't know exactly what the translation is, but Rashi says it's the same thing as Shiboles Nerd, which is one of the spices of Ketores. So it's on a stalk. The point is it grows on a stalk, so therefore you say Now, what's the Chiddush of these two plants? These two plants, they're not really wood. And yet, we're saying since they have like stalks that they grow out of, so it's called atzeh b'samim. So the chiddush is that the shame of eight can be referred to here, even though it's not technically wood. So the Gemara says, where do we see that? Where do we see from a pasuk that even things that aren't technically wood, just stalks, um, you can make a brach of atzeh b'samim because it says by when 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 the um, by Yericho, when the spies were coming in and Rachel was hiding him, it says Elsa Hagav she brings them up to the roof at and she hides them eights in the woods of the flax. Now obviously the stalks of flax are not wood, and still the Torah is calling them the Torah is calling them eights, and because the Torah is calling them eights, we see that um, yet the halachas in fact that any stalk can be referred to as eights, and therefore it's pori atzeh b'samim even on uh, the jasmine. And the other one, the Chilfadiyama. Continues the Gemara Mamashasha, hi Narkum. So, what is Narkum? So, so Rashi seems to say that it's, it's, it's a rose, actually. So, that's it's an interesting uh, translation from Rashi. So, the Narkum is If it's the one that grows in a regular garden, then you could say Atse Bisamim, because that is a hard stalk. If a hard stalk, it could be called Atse. The Davra, but if it's a wild stock, where it's Vebisamim, the wild one, then it's Isvebisamim, a new bracha, Isvebisamim. It's like not a hard stock, so it's just considered like grass. So, this, since they're so soft and it's, it's considered like grass, so therefore we say Isvebisamim, not the bracha of eights. Says the Gemara Amar Shishas, I see Gali. 
Someone who takes a fruit and he's coming to smell the fruit, he wants to take in the smell of the fruit, what, like an esrog? What's the halacha on Barash Nasan to Reach Toba Paris? It's a different thing, it's a different bracha completely. Barash Nasan to Reach Toba Paris. Famously, those, it's actually a very interesting question. If a halacha lamais, a person goes to smell coffee, again, they're not tasting coffee, they're not doing that, they're just coming to smell the taste and they want to take in the good smell of coffee, maybe there should be a bracha Reach Nasan to Reach Toba Paris. Says the Gemara, Marav Yudah, Amayin Dinav Yom Anisan. Someone goes out during the days of Nisan, Machazi Lanu to come lavavi. He sees a fruit tree that's starting to bloom. Omer, he says, Barashal Chisle Baolam Thank you, Hashem, who didn't leave anything missing in His whole world. He made good things and good trees, Lisnasmane Adam, to make everyone have pleasure in them. So it's a special bracha that's made in the days of Nisan when there's blossoms. By the way, it's not only in Nisan. It means during the spring. It's the first time you see the blossoming trees. You recite that bracha. Says the Gemara, Marav Zuchbar Tuvim Rav. Nice bracha on What's actually the source that you make a bracha for for a Smell. Who says smell is significant to make a bracha? Shenemar kolon neshama ta'aloka. Every soul, every neshama should praise Hashem. What is something that the neshama gets pleasure from, but the body does not? It's a reference to the reach. So smell is something that doesn't like isn't consumed by the body. So it's considered to be a very spiritual thing. The neshama is nenebo, and therefore. Uh, is a reference to smell. That's why in Matzah Shabbos, when we lose the Neshama Yisera, that's why we smell Besamim, because it's something specifically that the soul enjoys. Says the Gemara, Omar, we said something else about Zutra Bratuvia in the same name. The young men of B'nai Yisrael in the future are going to give out a smell that's as good as the whole Levanum forest. We see in the Pasuk such an idea that eventually the smell that emanates from the young people of B'nai Yisrael is going to be amazing. Another statement on which brought to from Rav. My dear Slavis, I call off of Yafi Ito. Hashem made everything beautiful in its own time. Hashem makes that everybody's job is beautiful in their eyes. So meaning even if a person does something gross, like a tan or Rashi's example, they work with highs all day, they smell really bad, but to that person, it's considered a beautiful job. This is what people say. You put a, a nice beautiful palm tree on the neck of a pig to eat, like and clean. What does he do? He just rolls around in the garbage dump to, to mess it all up. So meaning people like what they have. And Hashem actually, the Chovah always talks about this, how Hashem ingrains in us that if a person to understand what his role is, Hashem puts into us something that we like more and something that we like less. And a person's avodah should always be something that they enjoy. It's a simon that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying that this thing is for you. So now another statement of Rav Zuchibar Avuka Kishnaim. If you're holding a torch, it's like two people. So we're talking about when there are demons around, right? It's always better to have more people like we mentioned in the first part. So even if you're a single person, but if you're a single person holding a torch, it's like two people. If you have there's the moon, it's like three. So if you have three, if the moon, then, then it's even better. What's the difference between two and three people? We'll see. So holding a torch is like two people holding a moon with the moon is even like three. What does it mean? It doesn't mean it's like together with him, there are two people, meaning the torch gives you one more. Or does it mean the, two, the torch is two people besides him, meaning that you and a torch is like three people. Tashma, come and see proof. It says the moon is like three people. If you say it means total three, it's good. If it means three people besides him, so meaning a total of four, why do I need, need four people? We always say, to one person, a demon just comes but doesn't harm him. To two people, it appears and does no harm at all. To three people, it doesn't, it doesn't even appear at all. So more than three, there's nothing. So why would it say me and, me and the sun, me and the moon is like four people? That's ridiculous. It means that it three, it's, it's a total of three. So now going back to the torch, it means a total of two. We see from there.
Now another statement from Zuchbar to Amar Zuchbar to Amar Rav. Amri Lomar Chana Bar Bizna Amar Shimon Chasida. Amri Lomar Biyochan Mishum Mishum Beichai. No, Chaladam Shiabos Pol Kivshon Eish. Better to throw yourself into a fiery furnace. Vayabon Apanei Chaver Barabim. Don't embarrass somebody Barabim. You know what we learned from Tamar. She never even says she was being burned, and she didn't want to embarrass Yehuda. Naturally, was she was willing to be burned. So the, the the whole thing is that she didn't want to embarrass Yehuda publicly, and that's why I was willing for her to sacrifice her own life and be burned. Says the Gemara Tanur Rabbanu. We learned in the Brayse. Avil Lufan of Shemin Vehadas. Let's say you bring a in front of a person oil. Uh, to, uh, th- that they would that, that they would use and some hadasim to smell. So what are they going to use the oil for? They would use the oil to clean, to clean off the the, the, the dirty food of a person's hands. And the myrtle they would use for smelling. So which one comes from? You go for first the oil and then for the smell. He still says the opposite. You go for the smelling the hadasim and then the brach on the shemit. So I'm going to tell you which way is right. Of course, it's like Beishamai, because Shem is a chino l'reichov, is a chino So from oil, you get more. It smells good, and you're getting the pleasure of smearing yourself. Hadas is a chino Whereas when we're dealing with the hadasim, you only enjoy the smell, but you don't enjoy smearing yourself with it. So if you don't enjoy smearing yourself, smearing yourself with it, it's less of a chash of a thing. So you make a brach on the more chash of a thing first, the more chash of a thing would be the oil. Amr, is like the machria, the one who decided it's like Rabbi Gamliel. Even though that means the halacha is like Beishamai, but that's what comes out because it's just so much more reasonable. Reasonable to make the bracha on the oil before the hadas. Says the Gemara, Rapapa, Ikhlid Ravuna, Berit Ravika. Rapapa once went to the house of Ravuna, the son of Ravika. I still come out of Shem and Vahadas. They brought before them oil and hadasim. Shaka, Rapapa, Baracha, Hadas, Berisha. Rapapa took it and he made the bracha on the hadas first. So the opposite. Other Racha Shem and then he went on the hadasim. So Amalei Ravuna said to him, Lusavala Mar, Alakhati Machria. Didn't we say that Allah is like the Machria? So you should make the bracha on the oil first. Amalei Rapapa said, Hachim, Rabba, this Rabba said, Alakhati Rabisil. We actually pass on like Basil. And therefore the bracha goes on the hadasim before the oil. Even though you shouldn't know why. Says more Velohi, Rava never said such a thing. Rapapa invented, he lied, it seems like, and said that Rava said it to pull himself to wiggle out of the situation. So it's a very, very troublesome thing to sing such a thing, that somebody would make up a statement in order not to be embarrassed and lie about what the halacha is. In fact, for those who take out the gears from the Gemara, it seems like a very, very strange thing that Rava would say such a thing. That, uh, that, that Rapapa would make up, that Rava said such a thing in order just to save face. Says the Gemara Tan Rabbanu, we learned in the Brayz. Avilu Fnei Mishem and Viyayin. Let's say they bring in front of you oil that smells and wine. So the question is, what are you going to do? Drink the wine, make the brach on the wine, or smell the oil? So Bishami Om Ochaz Shemim Mino Vasiyam Nismol. You hold the oil in the right hand and the wine in the left. Meaning you go for the oil first. You always, whichever one you're doing, you hold in the right hand. So you do the oil first. Whereas Basil says. You do the, the wine first, so the wine's in the right hand, the oil's in the left. Make the rock on the wine, and then oil. What are the svaras here? So Beishamay must hold that oil is better because you get you don't have to do anything. It's not like it's just the smell is right there. Whereas wine, you have to drink it. But Basil says the exact opposite, that since wine is consumed by the body, you're going to drink it, so it's more of a hush of a pleasure than smelling, and therefore the bracha goes on the wine first. And then once you have the oil on your hands, Basil continues, he says you smear the oil onto the waiter's head. It's like a, so that he can also smell good. That's the, you know, that's, that's, that's a good point. But if the waiter is a Torah scholar, you should smear the oil on the wall than on the head of the waiter. It's bad. It's like degrading 
for, for a Torah, Torah scholar to go onto the street when he smells like perfume, and therefore you don't smear the oil on his head, or rather you just smear it on the wall. We make a tangent based upon this. Six things are beneath the Tamachacham. You shouldn't go out into the street with perfume. You shouldn't go out alone. You shouldn't go outside with patches on his shoes. You shouldn't talk to a woman in the street. You shouldn't recline with unlearned people. You should never be the last one to go into a base measure. You shouldn't uh, walk too quickly. You shouldn't walk with a back that is a perfect posture. He should always be a little bit humble. So the Gemara says, I say, you shouldn't go out with the perfume. You shouldn't walk out with perfume. It's only when there are people who um, have homosexuality. So when there's such a thing, you might, the, the, the guys would wear perfume in order to attract other men. So we don't want people, the to do such a thing or people to think that he's doing such a thing. It's only a problem on his clothing. Of a begufa, when it's on his body, zeoma abrele, then it's just taking away. Uh, it's just taking away his uh, the smell of the sweat, and therefore it's not a problem. His hair is like his clothing; it's not the sweaty place, and therefore it is forbidden to put it there. Other people are more lenient; it's like his body, and it is okay. And what was the second thing? I say they shouldn't go out alone at night. Because we don't want people saying, you know, what's the guy going out alone? I don't know. He might be must be meeting. Um, a zoner or something like that. But you know, it doesn't have a set time to go out at night to learn Torah. And if he has a set time to go out to learn Torah, everyone's just going to know that he has a set time to go learn Torah and nobody will be choshed him. He shouldn't go out with bad shoes. It supports It's beneath the to go outside with bad shoes. Says the Gemara, went out with bad shoes. It's only bad if there's two patches, a patch on top of a patch. But a single patch is not so bad. It's only true with the patches on the top of his shoe. On the front of the shoe, everybody sees it. But guilt on the bottom of the shoe, less than It's not a problem. It's only a problem even on the top part of the shoe when you're on the road. Inside your house, it's not a problem because nobody sees. It's only during the summer when everybody sees your shoes. It was like Shaman, when everybody's shoes are just dirty with mud, then less than bad, there's no problem because nobody will notice. A person shouldn't talk to a woman in the street, even with his wife, because not everybody knows that it is his wife, so they might think he's trying to get a prostitute. It says like that in Hebrew, even his wife, even his daughter, even his sister, so not everybody knows his relative, they might think he's trying to get a prostitute. He shouldn't, he shouldn't eat with a group of not learned people. My time, might be drawn to them. He might think, oh, these are good people. I cause our the base of shouldn't be the last one to enter into the base measure. People are going to call him lazy. It's unbeneath, it's not becoming for Tamachalcham for people to think that he is lazy. Some people say you're not allowed to walk too quickly. Big strides take away a 500 person eyesight. If you're running too quickly, then it takes away. One five hundredth of a person's eyesight. My Takante, what how, if you lost some of your eyesight, how do you get it back? You get it back by drinking Kiddush on Friday night. The idea of the Gemara is seems to be that uh, when you walk too quickly, it basically takes away the meaning of life. Like the idea of the travels of life, going from point A to point B, you're always rushing, you miss so many things. Kiddush is the one time when we have focus, we're able to to be in the zone, to be in the moment, and it gives us back our eyesight, the ability to appreciate what's taking place. A person shouldn't walk with a, with a perfect posture. One who works with a very strong posture, even if it's just four amos, as if he's pushing back on the feet of the shechina. Hashem's covenant is full of the whole world. So if a person is walking arrogantly, then he's like pushing back on the shechina, which is present um, in every single area in the world.